Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By Vortex Optics. With the VIP warranty, their unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. Learn more at vortexoptics.com. And Beautyo Books, an independent, family owned bookstore carrying one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. Beautyobooks.com. Good morning. Welcome to our show, number 887. We recently talked about a bird whose movements the Cornell Lab of Ornithology describes as bouncing along branches like a golden flashlight in the dim understory of swampy woodlands. But our friend Stephen Jones out in Hardin County, Ohio, hasn't just talked about this bird. He's been observing it. We won't need a spoiler alert here. We'll let uh, Steve tell about his favorite bird in this audio postcard that he has sent us from one of his favorite places. Hey, Ray. This is Stephen Jones calling from my favorite state nature preserve in Ohio. It's called Lawrence Woods. Today I'm hearing house wrens, wood thrushes, catbirds, yellow-billed cuckoos, and my favorite bird, the pythonotary warbler. What makes it special to me is that for the first time in over five years, we have a breeding pair here in the woods. This woods is both woods and pond. This is a great place to come if you're in the area, and I recommend it highly. Well, it looks like it's going to start raining, so I'll see you later. Thank you, Steve. Thanks to those birds and those frogs also. By the way, Steve says there are currently more than 50 species of birds calling uh, Lawrence Woods home for the spring and summer, maybe more. He says, I'm a volunteer there, but I would still go there whenever I can if I wasn't. And here's my favorite part of what Steve said. The reason why I'm a volunteer is that it allows me to go off the boardwalk and pick up trash. That is so nice. And we're going to hear more about that and Steve later on in the show. Steve's a great photographer, too. You can check out his uh, stuff on Facebook at SJ LaRue Photography, L-A-R. U-E, or at sjlaru.com. Last week, we heard an audio postcard from our Freya McGregor at the Bombay Hook National Wildlife Refuge in Delaware, and we meant to follow it up with a shout-out to a friend of the show who volunteers there. So a belated salute to Jay Messenger. Thanks for your good work there, Jay. We have a note from Rich Gillum in Montgomery County in Maryland who says, in part, about your June 6th appeal for Ukraine... Severe drought in Somalia has caused near-famine conditions with hundreds of thousands of children risking starvation. Yet U.N. appeals go unfunded. While aid for Ukraine refugees is important, please don't forget that Black Lives Matter, too. Please ask listeners to act urgently to avert a catastrophe in which hundreds of thousands of precious children in Somalia die. Please send donations to UNICEF for the Somalia hunger crisis. Thank you for that, Rich, and the website for that, by the way, unicef.org slash Somalia, unicef.org slash Somalia. 
What we're hearing there is, uh, doesn't exactly sound like a songbird for sure, but it is our mystery bird. And this is a preview of our mystery bird contest coming along a bit later in the show. And we have some wonderful prizes, as usual, and some clues here, too. Our mystery bird is a small wader with lobed toes and a thin, straight bill. The breeding female is more colorful than the male. It's mostly dark gray above with a chestnut neck and upper breast, black face and white throat. The breeding male is a duller version of the female. Our bird breeds in the Arctic regions of North America and Eurasia, and despite its small size and delicate build, winters at sea on tropical oceans. During migration, it often visits shallow ponds in the west, where it's known to spin in circles, forming a whirlpool, which it's believed to use to pull up food from the bottom of the pond. In the east, it generally migrates offshore. So some clues there, and the sound of our mystery bird. Beautiful prizes include from our friends at Classic Brands, a Droll Yankee's new generation yellow thistle finch feeder. It has six perch locations to allow several birds to feed simultaneously. It even has an internal seed baffle that directs seeds to an additional port at the lowest level to ensure that the feeder empties completely without allowing seed buildup. Pretty clever idea. We also have a 12-ounce bag of our favorite coffee, shade-grown, bird-friendly, USDA organic, fair-trade birds and beans coffee. It's good and good for birds. Those are the prizes on our mystery bird contest coming along just a little bit later on in this morning's show. Where else are we? We're at the thing where we're going to give a little salute here. To the royalty of the Talking Birds family, our Talking Birds ambassadors helping us get the word out about our show and about birds and conservation. And thank you to Rebecca from Red Lion, Pennsylvania. Thank you, Rebecca. And thanks to Rick Wilhoyt from Independence, Missouri. He says, six of my grandkids who are homeschooled and enjoy playing the wingspan board game will be the first recipients of the cards. That's terrific. Thank you, Rick. Those cards are little infos about our show. We send them out. You hand them out at your convenience to friends and neighbors, and that's how the ambassador program works. To sign up, just go to the Get Involved tab at the top of the page at TalkingBirds.com. That's TalkingBirds.com. Let's see. Still to come on our show today. Special guests from Madison, Wisconsin, about a wonderful thing called BIPOC birding. Plus, we'll catch up with Mike O'Connor for Let's Ask Mike Live, in which Mike will explode yet another myth about bird behavior. Meanwhile, in the earlier days of our show, we had a guest contributor called Ms. Fallarope, and we're bringing her back just for today as we reprise a kind of goofy featured feathered friend segment about a late breeding bird. Fits into June here, whose scientific name is Spinus Tristus. Presented by Birdwatching Magazine. For more than a quarter century, Birdwatching has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. And now, a poem with our Miss Valerope. When you hear a bird say particularly, you know it's not a chickadee. When it moves as on a roller coaster through the air, like a teeny bopper at a fair. 
When you see the black cap in its body of yellow, well, you're certain to recognize this cute little fellow. Yes, indeed, by now the ID should be a cinch. Oh, you've got it, my friends. The American Goldfinch. Thank you. Well, thank you, Miss Fellarope. And don't forget the black wings. Even in the wintertime, when the male goldfinch's bright yellow plumage has mostly faded away, those black wings with distinctive white wing bars are still pretty easy to spot. On the female, too. By the way, Santa's reindeer may fly like the down of a thistle, but goldfinches actually use the down of a thistle to line their nests as they raise their families late in the season. Like at the end of June or early July, when the offspring of most songbirds are already in preschool. The American goldfinch is a favorite of many for its beautiful colors, its bounding flight pattern, and the sweetness of its song, like this. The American Goldfinch. This week's Talkin' Birds featured Feathered Friend. Welcome again. It's our show number 887. We hope you'll keep in touch and get to us through our website, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Our website is TalkinBirds.com. No G in Talkin'. BIPOC stands for Black, Indigenous, and People of Color. B-I-P-O-C. It's intended to center the experiences of Black and Indigenous groups and demonstrate solidarity between communities of color. Well, this concept has found its way to birding, including through the BIPOC Birding Club of Wisconsin. They describe the core of their work as the desire to welcome, include, and respect everyone who is or wants to be part of the birding community. And here to tell us more about the idea and the club are Jeff Galligan, co-founder of the BIPOC Birding Club of Wisconsin, and Rita Flores-Wiskowski, the club's Milwaukee area coordinator. Good morning, Rita and Jeff. Good morning. Thanks for having us. Good morning, Ray. Thanks for having us. It's great. It's great to have you along with us here. Let me start off with you, uh, Jeff, as co-founder of the club. How did it get started? What was the impetus for founding the club? Yeah, that's a great question. We had several things that kind of aligned at one time. Um, we were directly inspired by Black Birders Week and um, the Central Park bird watching incident and the murders of African-Americans such as Ahmaud Armory, Breonna Taylor and George Floyd. And also from a personal standpoint, it was my own mental health um, hmm. to, that I needed to get out and form community. And um, this is something that had been on my mind for a while. And I really felt like this was just a good time to get into that. Mm-hmm. Well, you mentioned the Central Park incident, and I think we mentioned, maybe it was last week on the show, about Christian Cooper now getting his own television show on National Geographic. Right. That's that's excellent. That was great news. Quite a wonderful development from uh, something that started out not so great. Jeff, you're also, you're also a member of uh, Madison Audubon's Board of Directors, and I think they're among the groups with which uh, you're partnering, but you have a bunch of partners who have helped you out. It sounds like you have a lot of support for this uh, effort. Yeah, absolutely. We began this 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 uh, club as just a way for people to get together for a monthly event, um, and it quickly uh, became apparent that there's a need for this, and a lot of people are looking to partner with that. Our best partners, right, have been the Feminist Bird Club Wisconsin, 
and the Madison Audubon Society who have really supported us in, in our mission and getting started and connecting us, uh, providing grant opportunities. But we've also had partners in, in many events such as the Aldo Leopold Foundation who helped, who uh, invited us for a crane staging event where we got mm-hmm. to see 15,000 plus uh, Sandhill Crane staging in the Wisconsin River. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Emmons Creek Bird Banding Station, who invited us up for a bird banding event over a weekend, a couple uh, weekends ago. The Henry Vilas Zoo for a recent Black Birders Week event at the zoo. And we have an upcoming event uh, in July at the International Crane Foundation. And there will be more to come as well. All right. Yeah, and today we're going to be uh, meeting up with Color in the Outdoors, um, which is um um, in Mayville, Wisconsin, near the Horicon Marsh, which is a great birding mm-hmm. spot. And um, they're going to meet with us, and they have um, property there. Um, Chris Kilgorn is the founder of Color in the Outdoors. Mm-hmm. That's Rita Flores-Wiskowski that we're hearing there. And Rita, you're coordinator for the Milwaukee area for the BIPOC uh, Birding Club. What's been your experience so far with the group and the level of acceptance that you're finding? It's been it's been really great. When Jeff called me to ask me if I would um, take on this role, I was super excited because it's been my goal for a long time to help diversify the birding community. Um, you know, we just don't have the diversity, and so this is a way to do it. Um, and um, you know, it's it's a little challenging, you know, to to reach the people who we want to reach and to get the diversity. But little at a time, and we're getting there. And so um, we've had a really good time, some great events. Mm-hmm. Well, in your guiding documents, you talk about acknowledging and celebrating the sovereignty of Ho-Chunk Nation and the 11 indigenous First Nations within what is now called Wisconsin. Uh, can you tell us a bit more about that, uh, Rita? Sure. Um, yeah, we try to remember to do land acknowledgments because just as... Um, we're trying to um, get people to to uh, feel like they belong um, at the BIPOC Birding Club. We want to also acknowledge the land where we are and the land who, what who belongs to that land. Mm-hmm. And so we think that's important. Um, it's kind of a full circle. Um, BIPOC Birding Club members belong to um, the space where we've provided, and um, and we belong um, in this land that um, our indigenous ancestors. Um, previously occupied and still do. Mm-hmm. You use the phrase "come as you are." By the way, with regard to the club, that means uh, more than what kind of a T-shirt you are wearing, right? <laughs> yes. That's exactly right. Yeah. So, um, "come as you are." Um, also, we use the phrase "let you belong." Um, so, what we, we what we try to do is um, get people to. Um, feel that not only are they fitting in and being welcome, but this is theirs. And so our allies, they come and they are welcomed by us. Um, so that's kind of a little bit of a different feel, and that's why the BIPOC Birding Club of Wisconsin is important. Mm-hmm. Well, that ties we- in with the idea of inclusion. And uh, 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 Jeff, uh, you're focusing, uh, even though this is inclusion, on certain groups and BIPOC. So how do you maintain the sense of inclusiveness? Uh, and Rita had mentioned this a few days ago, but we, we're we just trying to create spaces uh, for people of color in what has traditionally been white spaces in Wisconsin. Um, so everybody is included. It's just with the knowledge that this, this club is to do that. However, anybody is invited to come that believes in that or supports mm-hmm. the mission. Absolutely. Because we need everybody to make all of this work. Mm-hmm. Um, and one thing I just want to quickly add is just, 
we really, the Come As You Are, we also just really, we love new birders. We're family friendly. We, we love kids. Um, so we don't have a, we're not going to sh people or anything like that. We, mm -hmm. we really celebrate people seeing things they've never seen before. We love questions. Uh, nobody's got an ego big enough to, you know, to drown anybody else out. And we're really supportive of, of that. Yeah, we, so, we lend binoculars to people who are coming for the first time and we, we, a lot of times have people who have never birded before. So um, those binoculars that we have lend out are super important for that experience. Mm -hmm. Wonderful stuff. Uh, Jeff Galligan and, and Rita Flores-Wiskowski from the BIPOC Birding Club of Wisconsin. I want to give the website here and also encourage folks to check out the, uh, the newsletter, which you can find on the website, and also uh, meet uh, Jeff and Rita. And the website address is BIPOC. That's B-I-P-O-C, BIPOCBirdingClub.org. Rita and Jeff, thank you so much for, uh, for being with us, and thanks for that good work you're doing. Thank you. Thank you. you thanks well, for right? having us. Yeah, we appreciate it. Coming up next here on Talking Birds, it's our Mystery Bird Contest in just one minute. The flutter of a tail feather, the flash of a wing bar in mid-flight. You don't always have a lot of time to identify a bird in nature let alone to appreciate its beauty. But with Vortex Optics, you'll have the power to bring every wild moment closer. When you choose Vortex, you're choosing to have a partner in the field as passionate about nature as you are. Whether you're spotting old friends on the backyard feeder or packing for a once-in-a-lifetime trip to add a few species to your life list, Vortex offers a full range of optics and optics accessories for every birder and every budget. And whether the birds are taking you to another state or another country, you're always covered by the Vortex VIP warranty, an unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. If you'd like to learn more, or if you need help choosing your next optic, give Vortex a call at 1-800-4-VORTEX or visit vortexoptics.com. There's that sound again of our mystery bird in the actual mystery bird contest uh, now underway here. And the phone number to call, we'll give it again in a moment, is 781-837-4900. So call in as soon as you can and maybe win those beautiful prizes and have the satisfaction of identifying our mystery bird. However, even if you don't identify it correctly, you could still win because a drawing will determine our winner, if no correct answer, is received. 781-837-4900. Our mystery bird is a small wader with lobed toes and a thin, straight bill. This might be a good clue. The breeding female is more colorful than the male. It's mostly dark gray above with a chestnut neck and upper breast, black face, and white throat. The breeding male is a duller version of the female. Our bird breeds in the Arctic regions of North America and Eurasia, and winters at sea on tropical oceans. Kind of in the Midwest, it's often on shallow ponds in migration, famously kind of spinning in circles, forming a whirlpool that's believed to pull up food from the bottom of the pond. It's migrating offshore, mostly in the east. What is it? 781-837-4900 is the number. Beautiful prizes from our friends at Classic Brands, a Droll Yankees new generation yellow thistle finch feeder with six perch locations to allow several birds to feed simultaneously. And a very clever internal seed baffle to make sure the feeder enter, uh, empties 
completely without allowing seed buildup. That's kind of a cool thing. And our other prize is a 12-ounce bag of our favorite coffee, delicious, shade-grown, bird-friendly, birds and beans coffee. If we have time for the mystery bird bonus question, we'll also attempt to give away a $20 gift certificate for Wisdom Supply, makers of plastic-free books, notepads, journals, and other supplies for classroom and office. The important thing here is to give us a call as soon as you can at 781-837-4900, And up next, we're going to check in with Mike O'Connor live from Cape Cod, Massachusetts. Let's ask Mike in just one minute. Beautio Books carries one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. New, used, and rare books covering everything from backyard birding to general ornithology. From field guides to photography skills, biography, fiction, and humor. You'll find it all along with the knowledgeable customer service you've been looking for in one convenient place. Beautiobooks.com B-U-T-E-O Beautiobooks.com Hey, this is Patrick Oaks from Tuscaloosa, Alabama. What I love about being a Talking Birds ambassador is that as a soldier, no matter where the Army sends me, I have found there's always birds. And it's a great thing to share with other soldiers to give us peace of mind while we're away from family and friends. I like the wide range of topics that you can get on the show, from birds to nature to conservation in general. Talking Birds listeners, we hope you'll join our ambassadors family at TalkinBirds.com. Join today, and thanks. It's Mike O'Connor at the famous Bird Watchers General Store here with another Mythbusters installment of Let's Ask Mike. Good morning, Mike. <laughs> Good morning, Ray. Yeah, isn't that a program? Maybe we're getting copyrighted there. I don't know. Oh, the Mythbusters thing? Yeah. 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 Let me, we'll, we might have to change yeah. that name. Um, there's nobody here from the legal department right now, but we'll uh, check with them uh, on <laughs> Monday. <laughs> on, on Monday for sure. My notes here, it says you're talking about... Uh, a myth concerning Orioles and peas. Is that a misprint I got here? <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, if they don't eat their peas, there's no dessert. Okay. A lady, a customer came in and said, had I ever heard about feeding Orioles, like we always feed Orioles oranges or nectar or mm-hmm. grape jelly seems to be the big three, but she heard that and she had read that they'll also eat uh, frozen peas. Mm-hmm. So um, not hearing that, I went out and got some frozen peas, and she did the same thing. <laughs> You know, and then we compared notes, you know, and here we are, you know, the neighbors always give me second looks when I go outside. Here I am with a container full of frozen peas and putting them outside. There it goes again. There it goes again, right. All the, you know, all the vegetarians in the neighborhood were eyeballing them. But as far as I could tell, the birds had zero interest. The catbirds picked them up, dropped them. But here's the interesting thing. The, the peas look beautiful. For a while, but as soon as the sun hit them, they they hardened up and, and lost all their color. They mm. they went from peas to more looking like something that came out of the back end of a rabbit. They just kind of shriveled up and became totally unedible. They were hard, and mm. um, I dumped them out and I tried it a couple of times. Tried them in the shade, and for days it didn't work. And I contacted the woman; she had the same results. So I don't know if I'd recommend it. Other people you see online say it worked. I would not recommend it. Save the peas for, you know, your soup or your lunch and <laughs> give them some jelly. Okay. That's all. The, the yeah. other thing I wanted to mention yeah. is uh, 
goldfinches, another person came in, and you know when you see on a package of a goldfinch feeder, or, yeah. or like a thistle feeder, it's always the bright breeding plumage males, which are stunning, and there might be as many 20 or more males on the package. And this person wanted to know, did you, you, will you really get this many males at the same time? Where are the duller females? Or is this some kind of trick photography? Hmm. Well, that's what I didn't know either. But I looked it up, and this could actually be true. There are often times when there's a lot of males at a feeder, because in, in, the, in the case of goldfinches, the female will sit on the eggs, and the male will bring her food. Hmm. So he'll he'll go out get some food, give it to her while she sits on the nest. And, and continues to incubate and, and protect the eggs. So there is a, sh- a period during the year when the goldfinches, mostly the males, are out getting all the food for the family while the females protect the eggs. So, yeah, you could get a lot of males because they're gregarious. They, they feed in flocks. So a, a flock of 15, 20 male, beautiful male goldfinches on a feeder is quite possible. All right. And that's too, there you go. So whatever we call this, it's been busted or proven. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for explaining that. And, uh, <laughs> and about the Orioles and peas. Too bad I didn't think to play Give Peas a Chance during that, but uh, maybe. Yeah, next, maybe and we'll, we'll, we'll redo this in, in post. All right. We'll talk to you next week, Mike. <laughs> Mike O'Connor there at the famous Bird Watchers General Store on Cape Cod. Back to the mystery bird contest after this. Every Wednesday, Bird Watching Magazine sends an e-newsletter full of information of interest to bird watchers, including recent news stories about birds, conservation, and science, photography tips, stories about places to go birding, bird ID tips, and much more. Best of all, the newsletter is free. Sign up today at birdwatchingdaily.com slash newsletter. Okay, there's that mystery bird. We've gave, given the clues there. We'll give just a quick uh, recap on part of the clue. A small wader with lobed toes and a thin, straight bill. An interesting point is that the breeding female is more colorful than the male. So 781-837-4900 is the number to call if you think you know what that bird is or take a guess at it because uh, a drawing will determine the winner if we don't get the, uh, you know, the exactly... Correct answer. Caroline is in Situate, Massachusetts. Good morning, Caroline. Oh, good morning. Good morning. Don't you sound uh, chipper? Well, I'm listening to the bird show. Oh, that's the secret. All right. Well, what do you think, uh, Caroline, on the uh, mystery bird there? I think it's the wimbrel. The wimbrel. Let me see if the if the wimbrel will see what the uh, the soloist does over here. That's um, apparently not a wimbrel there. No. Oh, a wimbrel. Too Uh, bad. Yeah. But thanks for, for trying that. I don't know if we'll have time to do another call here or not. We might have to. Uh, i tell you what we'll do, Caroline, because um, you were so kind to call in and take that guest that we'll, we're, we're going to do a bonus question so you might have a chance to win a prize here after all. Okay. What do you think about that? This would be for that wisdom certificate. That sounds uh, nice. Yeah. So let's see. Um, it, this is a, a multiple choice question. You ready? Mm-hmm. A natural power source hints at how electric vehicles could allow or unlock new ways of generating energy. So this is not about birds directly, but it's about conservation. So what is that power source? Is it A, electromagnetic energy from the sun, B, heat pump energy, C, gravity from the earth, or D, hot air from politicians in Washington? 
There's a. always plenty of energy there. You are, you don't hesitate at all about that. You say A, that would be electromagnetic energy from the sun. That is not exactly right. It's actually gravity from the earth. This is an amazing thing. Well, they'll take a train that's empty and go up a very tall incline and then load up the train from the mine material up there. And because it's got all that extra weight, it can go back down again and then go back up again without charging. So it in effect, it kind of sounds like a perpetual motion machine, but it isn't really because you're using that uh, mined material and, uh, and gravity. At least that's what they tell us. Caroline, stay on the line, and we'll uh, arrange to send you that beautiful, uh, that, uh, beautiful wisdom certificate. Thank you. And may I have some more cards, please? More cards. You're a Talking Birds ambassador. That's so, that's so beautiful. We'll send some cards out to you, too. Thank you, Ray. Thank you, Caroline. All right. Did we identify our mystery bird? No, we didn't. So we should do that because we sometimes forget if we don't get the uh, right answer. And our mystery bird is the red-necked phalarope. The red-necked phalarope. That's our mystery bird. And guess what? We are out of time for this morning's show. That means we are going to go and get to work on the next one. Thanks for being with us. See you next week. The bird show. I like that. Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Birdwatchers General Store. Orleans, Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By Vortex Optics. With the VIP warranty. Their unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. Learn more at vortexoptics.com. And Beautio Books, an independent, family-owned bookstore carrying one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. Beautiobooks.com.